keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome <laughs> to WrestleRoasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Carpolis, Scotty Chaplin, and Mike Lawrence uh, will be joining us a little later in the podcast, but uh, joining us right now, he's been on the show before, friend of the pod, He's a former writer for WWE, and he's currently working on Dark Side of the Ring. Andrew Goldstein, everybody. What's up, guys? And Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk some wrestling. I'm excited that you could be on yeah. the show, man, and to, to roast Goldberg, which will, which will happen a little later in the show. I just want to get some pod business out of the way, folks. We got the roast of Hulk Hogan coming up, WrestleMania week. Um, and I also want to talk about our Patreon roast for that week. Our next Patreon roast will be New Jack, same week as Hogan. So we're going to have the worst of the white people and the worst of the black people on the same week, guys. Everybody's getting it on both ends. I like that uh, I just found out about this live on the show and now I have to prepare my will because there's no <laughs> way we're going to survive a New Jack roast. Yeah, it's like Hulk Hogan and New Jack are exact like they're what the they're what racists think the other one is. You know, like they're they are that. Uh, but yeah, they're we're gonna be doing that. And just to to get us going for it next week, shooting show in hell, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be watching we're gonna be watching New Jack, the Iron Sheik, and Honky Tonk Man shoot on the Chris Benoit death. It is on YouTube, and they do it from Jesus. a motel, uh, blackout drunk. There's a lot more to the video, but why not get ready? For, why not? Get it honestly, ready? sounds like the best way to shoot on it, though, right? It like really sets the scene. <laughs> it's like a, like a like a murder mystery dinner, you know. But I, <laughs> but the only way you can get this is by becoming a Patreon member, folks. And also, I want to say our our Teddy Hart roast uh, that we did this week on Patreon is worth this month alone. Uh, I thought it was a really great episode. Not just the roast, but the whole episode was a lot of fun. So get the Patreon just for that. Yeah, please, please, please. We need money yeah. uh, <laughs> that's as honest as you're ever gonna hear a podcast that was a new jack shoot right there by the way <laughs> uh, all right let's let's uh let's get to the 10 count number one is this wrestlemania worth getting covid over since goldstein is joining us on the pod andrew by all means take it uh, away if they booked lashley lesnar i would say maybe but uh, Lashley versus Drew. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for my vaccine. All right, <laughs> Robert. 
this WrestleMania isn't worth getting gout over. Um, <laughs> th- this this feels like these were the only toys left in the bin, and you're trying to make the most of it. The, this WrestleMania build is. I mean, Andrew can relate. This is the most bizarre WrestleMania build I've ever seen. It's like Vince just now realized, oh, WrestleMania is coming up in a few weeks. We probably should do something. And on the one hand, it's kind of nice because all these years of criticizing WrestleMania for just relying on part-time talent and has-been stars, you're getting what you asked for, guys. The majority of this show is going to be the current talent. So strap in for AJ and Omos against the New Day as the last thing you see before you die of COVID. <laughs> well, and you also it's two this- nights and they're not telling you yet at least what's going to happen on which night. So you kind of have to buy a ticket for both nights. Otherwise, well, you might not me- get the match you want, even though none of the matches are worth you know anybody's time. Well, Scott, uh, let me get your opinion on, you know, well, obviously we know you're not going to get COVID over WrestleMania, but this is brother. I think COVID is fake and I think it's not (laughs) worth it to go to this WrestleMania. How about that? (laughs) That started out as a Hogan roast and ended up as an AJ roast. (laughs) I wonder if they're going to put AJ on uh, like, he's like, if you have COVID, I'll just, uh, I'll just. I'll just lather holy water on you, but I'm not gay. I'm not yeah, gay. AJ should start the night with a prayer and end the night with a prayer. He, AJ should lead a faction of anti-maskers against the luchadors. <laughs> Trying to well, guys, what? by we any means go after necessary. The, we uh, we got to go after the Christians if we're going after wrestling's uh, most famous Jewish person later in the show. Coming up, Goldberg, the roster Goldberg. All right, let's start out with the matches that we have. Roman Reigns versus Edge. Then we have Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, you know, Asuka and Charlotte. Bad, the Bad Bunny match. The Firefly Funhouse. The Shane and Broad match. And that's that's it, I think. I don't that know. Almost feels like a good card. Whoa! <laughs> that Coming was in hot. good. <laughs> Waiting in the wings, the sniper himself, Mike Lawrence, is joining us today. Mike, do you think this WrestleMania is worth getting COVID over? No. Um, (laughs) I just, I got the vaccine this week. I don't think it's worth going still. (laughs) I think, and I think I'm visiting my family in Florida in April because I haven't seen him in over a year. I still don't think it is. Man, I can't, here's, I know it's not right, and I'm getting my first shot this Sunday, but. I still kind of want to go. And also is like suicidal at all times. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. It's like I get to kill myself at WrestleMania. It's like the <laughs> it's the Tommy Dreamer. Everybody going to WrestleMania is Tommy Dreamer. I think that's part of the allure. Like the card is kind of so-so, but the people watching for the folks who had the debate of like, honey, we might die, but I have to see Dolph Ziggler defend his tag titles on night one like those are the people i want to be able to watch from a safe distance behind plexiglass at all times like the capital riots you you want to freeze frame (laughs) on all of their faces to identify who these people are that are paying money to sit outdoors and watch wrestling in the middle of a pandemic 
I think you're just comparing it to the Capitol riots because that's who will be at both things. <laughs> I, I think, you know, what, what Robert said was the night one aspect. Like, that to me, I don't think WrestleMania should be two fucking nights because now you have to basically pay for two tickets to get a whole show because you don't know what matches are going to be on what night. They might advertise yeah. one. But and think about so what cool really fucking risking cool, it, man. Think about all the cool things they can do with Drew's sword, though. Come on. They could okay, have all like nonviolent things they can do with Drew sword. <laughs> well, maybe like the lightning from Bobby Lashley's entrance, like zaps his sword and then he has like <laughs> brave heart face. I, I'm pumped, I, I, man. I like the two night idea if the two nights gel. Uh, I'll get more into that later when we talk about Fastlane, though. Yeah, as someone who's going to be live <laughs> tweeting both of those nights and then podcasting after, I don't like two nights of WrestleMania at all. This yeah. is putting my marriage to the test. <laughs> Thanks, Snickers. All our marriages. Yeah. That's, that's, that's actually the, the, the new name of this show. Uh, and then, and then I wonder. It's, it's just Test and Stephanie getting married. <laughs> I wonder if. Like they're gonna lie about vaccination numbers, like they lie about attendance every year. Like, <laughs> we have Dave Meltzer will find out the real numbers. <laughs> oh, by the way, how weird was that PSA during Raw of the, of the superstars telling you to get vaccinated? Like, how how much money does Vince owe the government in taxes that he needed to cut a deal to do this weird PSA where you have fake athletes who you can't trust a word they're saying, looking into the camera and saying, I'm Drew McIntyre. I pretend to fight for a living. Trust me. You need to get the vaccine in order to live. Is it weird Robert that Vince got the vaccine, but he got it in his ass? Is that weird? <laughs> I was going to say, Robert if, Robert, if it's one thing these guys are experts on, it's using needles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That should be the tagline. And then you cut to Vince jamming Robert it into his ass. Robert and Andrea, this is a question specifically for you two. You, you've both worked with Vince McMahon. You've both been in the, in the room with Vince McMahon. Andrew, I think you've been yelled at by Vince McMahon before. Do you think this, back, this backstage story about Vince being really concerned for um, for the well-being of everyone with COVID is true. No, absolutely. <laughs> yes. See, I'm going to disagree with you, Andrew, because Vince doesn't view the, them as people. They are commodities that he has spent time on and put them on television. So if they get COVID, it inconveniences him because now he has to change what so his booking this brings is. Up an, I, I agree with that. It brings up an interesting point, which I've been making to my, uh, you know, the Jew World Order text chain all during quarantine, which is, in all seriousness, if I was Vince McMahon when COVID hit, like, let's go like two months in, I would have been texting and calling Trump every single day being like dude you are fucking over my business get your shit together we're buds get your shit together stop being an asshole and control this thing because my business is going to shit i'm about to have a wrestlemania in front of eight fucking student wrestlers banging yeah, but, on hockey glass yeah but the other side of that is i think vince looked at the numbers and realized he they had their best financial year ever this past year because you don't have to tour you know, I think back to when I worked in. Right. in it was in, a convenient way to get rid of the live events, which they've wanted to do for the last 30 years. You got rid of live events. You got rid of having to do trucking and routing and all that other nonsense. But they're it, all based in one spot. Their TV, it's ruining their TV business. I mean, they're, they're rate. I mean, shows we've all worked on rate higher than raw. They've already had a great 
uh, strategy of getting rid of the TV business, which is just booking angles no one will pay to see. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's the combination of their booking in this last, in this pandemic year, and the fact that, uh, you know, COVID has destroyed, you know, the fan experience, the live, the, 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 the live feel of, of any of these shows. But he is being kind of safe, right? I mean, technically, he could fill up the arena tomorrow if he wants to. Yeah, I mean, he is doing it in pods and he's like, I mean, yeah, but that's I think that's why they pulled back on the announcement for tickets, because Dana White's holding a a full venue show in Jacksonville. And then Vince suddenly pulled out that pulled off the on sale date. So I feel like there was a meeting of, hey, could we pack Raymond James Stadium and and show that we're patriots and we're over this? And somebody eventually probably sat him down and was like, just fucking stop. The other thing to consider is that Vince is an ulti- the ultimate germaphobe. So that's like the, the counterbalance to all this, which is he is probably completely frightened, completely scared to even come in contact with anybody who has sniffed COVID. So that, that, on, that, on that side, that's where I think like he is maybe giving that speech to the locker room being like, guys, do not bring that shit into this locker room. I will, I will slaughter you. I mean, he is the most vulnerable group. <laughs> he's 1A. He, he's, he's category 1A. He's yeah. over 65. He's got two torn quads. I think that's on the list of, of pre-existing conditions, right? He's an intravenous. His body is a <laughs> I don't know, man. If I, like, if I still, if I gave COVID to like Vince and Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake, I, my money's on Vince surviving out of those three guys. <laughs> Right, but, I, but Vince's uh, mental state from having COVID would just be uh, like a world war. I think I think Jake would survive because he would just use enough needles anyway, and one of them would happen to have the vaccine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jake, you're right. You know what? You're right. Jake may be able to weather the storm. Like Vince is like, I've never felt anything like this before, and Jake's like, oh, I guess I got crabs again. You know? He's, yeah, he's and like and and Arn has the body of a fat mom, so he's going first. Is, is Doctor Zahorian administering the vaccine? Because if so, <laughs> Vince is good. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I, I think it's good that they didn't fill it um, because who knows what's going to happen with this fucking UFC event. And like, I, I don't know, like the Super Bowl already happened. Like we've already had an event with a lot well, of people Super Bowl was it. like 22,000 and WrestleMania each night is going to be 25,000. They're saying right now, unless also, they extend the- I think it's going to be hard for them to fill that man. I think it's going to be really hard for them to fill guys, that. Guys, Edge is headlining. It's not like they would have filled it anyway. Oh, come on. He's doing pretty good lately not a star Vince, Vince. <laughs> michael gets so catty not a star uh-uh honey Vince yeah he's, Paul, he's at, Vince michael mike carter when my, for advice on how to book a, an event in front of twenty five thousand people when mike when mike gets catty he sounds like a 70s game show host that's not allowed to be gay <laughs> not a star you know and if you think edge isn't a star you should see christian <laughs> exactly oh i think we, we all we all just got canceled all right number two the good brothers i haven't even seen them have a decent match yeah, yeah. oh brother <laughs> uh, we're just got his new half hour right here <laughs> 
All right. The Paul on. Heyman Lindauer. I like it. No, number two, AEW versus NXT versus a really juicy edition of the Wrestling Observer. I don't know why I made that the third option this week. Once again, keep picking ones only you would pick. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's go through let's go through Dynamite first, and uh, we'll stop uh, we'll stop after every major match. Pentagon versus. Cody Rhodes, what did you think about this, Andrew, as our guest of the hour? You know, uh, look, Cody is the workhorse. He's on every show. The, he, he's got the best entrance. He's wrestling luchadors one week and rookies the next week and big men, you know, he's wrestling Shaq one. He's the workhorse. So I, I, on some level, I tune into Dynamite to see Cody. So, you uh, know, to see him wrestle pentagon is pretty cool oh, andrew I, you're I, breaking up you're breaking up all right cut his feet cut his feet <laughs> clearly somebody get, just applied for a into, job at aew <laughs> i will get into ripping aew uh very shortly but you're like a big luke skywalker fan i feel like if you like luke skywalker you like cody rhodes yeah look i like cody i, I like cody rhodes a lot hey, guys, i'm more of a I han solo to, guy i need to preface all of this by saying my dog's name is dusty like i am a huge <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is my like 1A favorite wrestler of all time so by by like uh the transit you know the what's it called transitive property transitive property I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan I'm a big Dustin fan so you're not going to get me to 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 rip uh Cody but there are a lot of people on that roster that I will rip so uh patience I do I do I do like Cody a lot. I think the entrance is too much. I liked this match a lot. Um I don't think everybody agrees, but I thought it picked up and it got really good. It was like the it matchup. Was oh sorry, Juan. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I like the matchup until the end. I, I don't understand why you know, I, I give Pentagon the win, you know, like like I understand that you 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 made him lose in, in a way that's gonna protect him. But I mean, Cody doesn't need this win right now. He, he's just, he, you know, who knows if he'll even, you know, like the, the minute that guy gets another hosting job, he's out for a couple months anyway. So I don't know. Have Penta do it. And I, and I mean, we're going to get into this, but like the real problem is not the match itself, because I think Cody and Pentagon are, are, are really talented guys. The real problem was afterwards they ran the fucking QT Marshall angle again. <laughs> yes. Un yeah, which is like five guys I, come out I, to chase I off one guy. I tolerated <laughs> the Penta Cody match because I hoped that this was going to involve the gun club and QT Marshall. And I got everything I want. Look, Pat, Cody is doing. We talked about this before. He, he really wants to be that John Cena guy who can go in and wrestle any talent at their level and do what they do. So he tried to wrestle Penta in a Lucha style match. It was, it was fine. Penta did all of his spots. He put a hat on top of his mask. He did his slap thing seven times. It was a, it was a perfectly good match. Uh, Cody constantly being surrounded by the gun club and QT Marshall. He hangs out with like the lowest of the low when he's a star, it doesn't elevate them. It brings him down. And that constantly seems to happen when he's in these positions. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. My 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 uh, global note to AEW is just stop putting these students on TV. Like you're on fucking TNT, guys. You're, this is a big cable channel. Stop putting Cody's students on unless Cody's getting a kickback for every. Do what you. He gets on do TV. What he 
do what UCB does and just like make them all stage managers or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they, be a tree. They, QT they, should be a tree. They had two. <laughs> they had two dark shows this week with a total of twenty nine fucking matches. I like that though. I like that. Though. I don't. You're uh, wrong. You're still wrong. No, I'm right? not. YouTube is free. It's it's. You could just watch hours and hours be of watching, nothingness. You don't. You, you don't have you, to though. It's YouTube. It's like, right, hey, guys, tune in if you want to. These guys are going to practice. You degrade. Guys, your, you degrade your stars by putting them on there. Uh, right. But anyway, guys, we, we got to keep going. We got to keep, keep going. Up, next, next up, we got the uh, we got the young bucks in a backstage uh, segment with Don Callis. I thought it started out kind of slow, but I really liked what Don was saying at the end. I thought the New Japan stuff was really effective because it was true. Uh, what did you uh, What did you think about this, Mike? I don't like the like calling them chumps while they have the titles, the new Japan thing, like all this, like that, all this useless continuity. Like, tell me stories within your own fucking company, please. Close the forbidden door and just tell me good stories. They're champions, so him calling them chumps just didn't work for me. I I, I will admit I've I've started to like Don Callis more because I was comparing him to Paul Heyman, which isn't fair. Paul Heyman transcends professional wrestling. Don Callis is professional wrestling, and he's pretty <laughs> decent at it. Yeah. S- Scott, uh, I disagree with Mike. Do you? There was a few hiccups in this where I went, ah, that didn't sound great. That didn't sound great. But overall, it, it did its job. And I think especially later, the segment really did its job. But yeah. Uh, Robert, Zach, Andrew, anything to add? Young Bucks uh, need to not be allowed to talk this much uh, with quasi unscripted promos. The The whole thing about them pointing out that Dom was faking the eye thing and he was just like, yeah, I was faking it. We completely dropped that whole angle. Thanks for coming. That was rough. That irritated. That me, was super weird. Yeah. I get the idea of him trying to motivate them to be what they were in another company. But to Mike's point, I always bring this up. They They assume that you've seen everything these guys have ever done. You're we're not all Excalibur. We don't remember every moment of everything that's yeah. happened. That's yeah, but doesn't other- like the human brain just make connections? Like, I don't think it's an assumption. I think it's like that happens in everything, doesn't it? Don't you watch things and they reference other things? And if you don't get it, you get it enough because you exist on planet yeah, Earth. Like the whole year of the young bucks is based on being <laughs> the elite, which not everybody watches. So if for me, I tune into AEW and the young bucks are are Baby faces one week and heals the next week based on something that happened on being the elite. I didn't see being the elite and the announcers aren't given the note to reference or catch me up on being the elite. So I'm completely in the dark as a viewer for most of what the young bucks have done this year. See listeners, Andrew and I have both been brainwashed by Stanford. So when you take your normal <laughs> hatred for everything I say and spread it around we to both of the former wait, writers, I'll use a term. We got to precondition the audience. Oh God. <laughs> And, and and Scott, here's the thing. Harriet Winslow was the elevator operator on Perfect Strangers. But when she got her own show, Family Matters, with the Winslow family, they never mentioned Perfect Strangers again. But, ha- I but think, Yeah, Strangers I hated that. I thought the, the Jefferson should have mentioned Archie. It would have <laughs> been a fucking better show. If it was Dick Wolf, he would have had them all fucking connected to make that Dick Wolf money. like like all those fucking chicago fire shows everybody's related to somebody on another show it's it's i mean it it is good business i i think the only time it really works to do something outside of it on a big scale is like like remember when undertaker showed up to the lesnar uh 
Velasquez fight and like got in his face. That was great because it got covered by 10 different, you know, like, I mean, look, we saw with the Shaq thing, like not many people cover that. And that's, that's a big time celebrity. Uh, it got covered. I mean, they it, got, it didn't on- get covered the way they wanted to, man. I mean, they didn't pop a million for that episode. It was big news. Cody fought the guy from the general commercials. Like that's huge. <laughs> well, and the NBA on it, the NBA show is pretty big. I don't know. The Young Bucks, to me, I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't enjoy their work. They're terrible actors. They look, they're smaller than me, and I'm tiny. Uh, I'm just not. I don't buy it. I'm not. A, I, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. As far as like, uh, as far as the the shack inside the NBA, I just don't think. I think nowadays you have to see like what it's like what audiences are going to travel. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not as important nowadays to like get a a celebrity. That's the biggest celebrity in the world. You almost want to get the celebrity that's going to compliment whatever the fuck you guys are doing. Um, I I don't know. Like bad bunny, like bad bunny, (laughs) Jade Cargill versus Danny Jordan. Jade one. Does anyone have anything to out? We probably have to move on not to go back to Shaq, but that whole story got screwed up because Brandy got pregnant and they had to swap in and uh, uh, another like the, there was no there was no heat in the whole match. There was no heat whatsoever. So that that's one of the reasons it fell flat. But they got the clip of Shaq falling through the table and inexplicably being completely knocked out by it. And then the ambulance thing, the whole whatever. That was that was a disaster, but I I will praise AEW. This putting Jade Cargill on a pre-taped show where you can edit out any potential glaring botches was a smart idea. I said she shouldn't be on TV for a while after the tag match. If you were going to put her on, I'm glad you put her on in a tape match where you can just let her highlight who she is, look impressive, and move on. Andrew, I, mean, I, have a, I, I have a question. I'm sorry, Mike. One second. Yeah. Do you think that the reason maybe the Shaq match didn't do that well? And look, this is probably not true. But do you remember when they played AEW Dynamite right after that playoff game and everybody like well, Fat Jericho, like, you're going to say? Yeah. The, do you think Fat Jericho is the reason <laughs> that Shaq didn't get ratings there? Because I do know some people, you know, who who didn't know who didn't know AEW saw that and didn't get it. I don't know. What, what do you think? I just think there's, it's hard not to come at it from the WWE side, which is like a, a match with Shaq, which they teased a million times and it never happened, should have been on some kind of bigger show than giving it away for free. And I don't think they have the marketing arm to promote it the way that needed to be promoted. It was a wrestling angle that didn't have a lot of heat. And they have a small audience right now. So in terms of bringing extra new eyeballs, I think people were just waiting for the, the clip on Twitter. They were just waiting to see it on Instagram on Bleacher Report. They don't need to tune in to watch the whole wrestling show. That's also, important. Andrew, would that's you have made Shaq a heel like they did? They put him in the heel role here, even though he well, was that, a big celebrity. That's the other thing that's so interesting because you know, WWE, even though they make their legends and make their guests they say that the, their goal is to make them shine. They oftentimes don't do it. But it did strike me as odd that like Shaq did not, that segment did not end with Shaq looking triumphant. But I think they figured that him disappearing would protect him. 
him just having magical disappearing powers. Like, just like and then and then to let the tape get out of like him exiting out the side door. Like they have, a, they just have a lot of um, quality control issues that I, you know, look, they're two years in, so whatever. But to okay, the ex- TNT exec says you're getting Shaq. What do you want to do with them? And that's what they decided to do. Like that's where the whole thing falls apart. Like no. if you to- if I was in that production office, if I was showrunner, and they said, "Hey, you get Shaq. What do you want to do with him?" I would, I, I mean, I would come up with something better than that. And does anyone dickhead. else find it sad that Red Velvet was just in the audience this week? Like, <laughs> yeah, she looked, had this one moment of someone. She, she looked glory. like she was. She looked like she was doing a pub crawl. You know, like she was wearing every <laughs> like college pledge shirt I've ever seen. That's what it I'm was saying. just the weirdest thing that like okay, so you replaced brandy with her which is fucking weird on a fetishistic level but they did that and then all right so now she's in the mat now she loses she didn't get any rub from it or anything nothing nothing they just wanted they just it was just there was no psychology there was no heat and Shaq. yeah exactly nothing nobody won nobody came out of it looking better Except and, for- and Cody, Cody just needs to go heal at this point because they make it seem like it's a privilege for you to be seeing him on television and all of that when it's just, no, he's just a restaurant, a wrestling show. Next up, we have MJF and the Pinnacle cut a pro MJF cut the promo. It was an f- absolutely phenomenal promo. Tully oh, was great too. Tully was great as the mean old bastard setting him up. He didn't at all like you know the problem sometimes when jake when he speaks for somebody it, it kind of becomes the jake show and tully really knew his role here i man i i uh i loved it absolutely loved it uh what did you think about this andrew Tully's the other reason i tune in uh, obviously and we'll talk about this when we talk about my show but i am mr get off my lawn the 80s were the best you know mark for anything jim crockett promotions world class so uh the tully stuff has just been honestly legit the reason i tune in and so a to see him wrestle you know last week or two weeks ago whatever it was even though he was just taking offense from uh from the what's the little guy's name child yeah but uh but yeah i love it i love tully being in the jj dylan role of the the sort of you know the 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 seasoned veteran dirtiest sort of manager in the game uh, he'll be, you know, pulling legs on the apron. He'll be handing them brass knucks. He'll be, you know, cutting, you know, getting them over in the promos. I just love, like, Tully has 30 years of pent up. I, I'm the best at this and nobody let me do it for 30 years. He has that all pent up in his system. And he gets to get it out every week on TNT 30 years a- after the fact. So anything he does is is would be considered great, you know, really fun in my book. It just so happens that everything he does is excellent. So that was cool. MJF crushes it on the mic as usual. I would have liked to see them pass the mic a little bit in horseman style, uh, a little bit though. And my biggest gripe of the whole thing is that uh, if Sean Spears is going to be in a main event faction, somebody needs to teach the guy how to dress. The spread collar thing is like, so like, 
1989. It looks, yeah, it looks like in a community theater production of Swingers. Some, for some reason, wrestlers love to do the spread collar over the suit jacket. Because they're fucking, like, they're, their gains are so big, bro. Yeah, their gains are so hot. Big. People don't get this. When right. you're they, hot, they, you just want to fucking you know, have your titties sweating. out. I get it, they're delta sweating. But like the black dress shirt, and the uh, I, I make a lot about appearance, but uh, the black dress shirt spread over his jacket kind of ruined it for me. But he in the ring, he does come off as as a bit of a badass. They just need to heat him up a little bit. Next up, we have. Oh, I got to talk about this man. This okay, is, sorry. This yeah, is a reason. This is a reason I'm gonna watch this company uh, for a long yeah. time for the stuff they do wrong. This is what they do right. WWE has no one. Except Heyman on the level of MJF on the mic, um, NXT certainly fucking doesn't. Um, this is this is what they do the best. I love that it was just MJF because it felt like a mirror to when Jericho introduced the inner circle, where he like did the uh, roll call and everything, and and I love that segment. And so this felt like the mirror version of that. And and this- and going after Jericho over their haha comedy bullshit was brilliant. Because awesome. that was that's been our criticism the last couple months is like this is kind of like Mickey Mouse Saturday Night Live shit. This and now was, MJF yeah. is taking that. Is, this is, was them totally redeeming the criticism I had last week for how none of it really made sense. The way that the booking's gone for the last couple months, it it all made sense. Max hit it out of the park. I'm wildly proud of him. He almost got me to believe Sean Spears belonged in that group. Yeah, I mean, no one's a miracle worker, but he came very close. So Dude, I'm telling you him- guys, Sean Spears and I was great because you're going to get the MJF kicking somebody out of the group, and that's going to be worth his whole entrance. No, I Sean- think Spears is just going to be good. I think we're going to be surprised by him. I He's swear. taller than you think. That's the nicest He's- thing I can say about Sean Spears. Biggest- He's one of the biggest, physically biggest guys in T- in in, uh, in AEW. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the pinnacle should be... <laughs> edit that, edit that out. I don't the love pin, The pinnacle should be a main event faction, but then Sean Spears will be on YouTube every week. <laughs> but I guess my question, too, is, you know, they're five guys plus Tully, right? Who did... I mean, they are they exclusively just going to work with the inner circle, which now is back to being five guys, right? Are yes. We, it would be great if they could do war games, but I guess WWE owns think, that. Well, they're well, doing no, something no, like that. No, no, they're doing blood and guts, and, guts, and blood and guts, it just is war games. Last year, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. But once once that story runs runs its course and they blow it off, where do you you know? Hopefully, you can get these guys. You know, yeah. All I'm saying is a five man, six man faction is tough to do when you don't have rivals. So, well, that's why I, you got Jurassic Express and Bear Country. <laughs> yeah, well, they they sowed the seeds of discontent between them as well. So we'll see. All right. Well, let's uh, let's harp on that. Matt Hardy, the Butcher and the Blade versus uh, Jurat. Uh, oh, and the Inner Circle. What Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express and Bear Country? This is kind of all over the place. These uh, WrestleZone reviews uh, does it, does yeah, it I, say I, on there? Uh, we don't have to talk about this and can move on. I like it. I did like it though. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, uh, it's Scott for the children. It. I like two fat guys in singlets. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. John, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston cut a promo backstage. <laughs> it, I, it was a really good promo. My only problem is, you know, Eddie Kingston quotes Tupac and he said, cowards, uh, you know, cowards die a thousand deaths. But then he beats 
the good brothers through a small package. I'm like, it's just the weirdest, like it's, it's just, why would you cut that promo? If that's how, how you were going to win. This was the night of the roll-ups, baby. The night of the roll-ups, but Mox made me uh, pop when he talked about Bachamania, and it also made me pop thinking about how into Luke, how into it must have Luke has been watching it backstage, where he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna make so much more money on Bachamania." You <laughs> mean you mean Bachamania? Talking shop Just botched the title of. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he was on this show promoting it a couple months ago or anything. <laughs> I'm sorry, talking <laughs> show. Yeah, you guys host this fucking show. All right. I, uh, I love that they spend a minute talking about googly eyes. <laughs> no, I didn't like it wasn't good, though. Right. Like they're great. And we know good. they're the shit. They're the best. Uh, this didn't really have much of a narrative. It was like, go be yourselves. And then they were trying to be funny and it didn't really stick. See, I disagree. Oh. To me, it felt like the old NWO promos where they were just kind of like shooting the shit and whatever winds up happening happens where it's clear these guys like each other and they're having fun and the audience can see that as opposed to trying to hit a line and look at the camera. So they're, they can get away with that kind of nonsense where most can't. I'm, I'm okay with it. It is, it is a little backward storytelling in the sense that this is the friendship that we were told they had that we never got to see before. Like, I, I feel like if you saw some of this leading up to their feud, it would all mean something more, but it still works to me because they talk like people. There's so few pro wrestlers that talk like human beings and these guys do with each other, and it's great. So did you want Eddie to give Moxley a sword like Seamus and Drew to really cement <laughs> their friendship? <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of funny if you gave him, like, a chain or something. Or, like, I mean, a scar- also, Scarface know- Pester for his bedroom. <laughs> We know Eddie Kingston at least owns one sword. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, folks. Next up, we have a promo by... uh, (laughs) Well, he will outwork anybody. He will not out-promo anybody. Christian Age. Let's start out with you, Robert. What do you think of this? I look. I love Christian. He's a a fantastic guy. I loved working with him. I think he's an amazing in-ring performer. This was every reason why Christian's main event babyface pushes always failed because they gave him a microphone. And by default, he makes Edge look like the more charismatic, natural babyface. This was the strangest thing that they let on television because it didn't do Christian any favors. It was him calling out Kenny Omega in a way that it was like, it's like the number 16 seed calling out the number one seed. I don't think anybody watched this and thought, yeah, Christian's a legitimate threat. He's coming to take everybody's spot and he's here. It was Christian's a nice guy. I'm glad he has a job. I look forward to seeing him wrestle and I hope he doesn't get hurt. Scott. Yeah. uh, I wrote down, even though he doesn't blink, this was, pretty good i thought it did what it was supposed to do but yeah there was squinting but not full closure of the eyes uh, <laughs> it was fine it was it was fine i uh he does I, look I, like he just lost his contacts before every promo <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he's one of those guys like he, he it's like he wears glasses you know and then when he take them off he's the, the it's like in a cartoon they got like tiny little dots <laughs> And he did lose all of his WWE contacts when he signed a contract with Tony Khan. <laughs> but I, I think my my problem is, yeah, one, he's just not a star. He just is not. I mean, they fed the Christians to the line. Yeah, here comes Caddy Mike again. <laughs> he is not star quality. I know material. 
<laughs> Greta Garbo, now that's a star. <laughs> but no, my, my my problem is the whole outwork everybody. Like, it just say it's fake. Like, you could say you're a better wrestler, but saying you're a better worker, or it's just fucking dumb. It's just stupid. You know what they should do to save it? Because really, he hasn't been in the ring forever. So that's my one issue with it. Is he saying these things? We don't know if he can promise. Like if he said it 10 years ago, I go, oh, okay, yeah, he is going to have some amazing matches. We're not really sure if he can have amazing matches anymore. So when he's saying he's the best worker to save it, like they should start airing promos where he gets there at seven, you know, and makes coffee for everybody. And he's just like, I'm like, he's like employee of the month. Best work. <laughs> Brandon Cutler just giving him dirty looks from across the world. <laughs> yeah. <kitchen. laughs> All right, guys. Avalon, like, we we got to get we, we got to get to this Goldberg uh, roast because we only have Andrew for so long. So let's just speed through the rest of Dynamite. Just interrupt me if you have something to say. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, stole one from the Good Brothers through a small package. Uh, and at the end of the match, there was just a bunch of people yelling at everybody. And then Tony Schiavone and Sting uh, with Darby Allen. And, you know, again, the segment ended with everybody uh, yelling at each other and Jake why? the Snake calling somebody a weenie, yeah, which was why, more why? disturbing than if he had called him a cock or a dick. A weenie out of Jake's mouth just if sounds real eerie. Or hey, in. Steve Borden, uh, can you come to Jacksonville, paint your face and get in your gear? Just and then just stand in the ring this week, okay? And then and then not do anything. And then next week, same deal. Come do the whole face paint, get in your gear, come in the ring, and then just stare at the camera. Like what? What kind of usage is this? Of I mean, everybody rips on WWE for how they they used Sting. It's the same thing. I mean, his match at Revolution was awesome, but otherwise, it's been a massive ball drop. I'm convinced that they didn't realize they could have rented that snow machine and they bought it. So they're trying to get the most use out of it. So Sting has to be on every single week. Uh, the strangest right. part of this was Brian Cage at the end turning into Vince Vaughn and Anchorman with the I hate you, <laughs> but I damn sure respect but you. But I respect you. And then oh. Taz is like, what are, you, what are you doing? And then the whole crew just leaves. Like, that's the thing. They have such camera blocking issues. Again, I go back to like nerdy production stuff. They have massive camera blocking issues. Well, they don't, you know, it's so great off camera. These, these guys, they think that like WWE, the reason that like WWE sucks, it's because like, uh, which I don't think WWE sucks, but um, they, they think it's because, you know, they have writers or producers and it's like, no, they have a crazy guy controlling the writers and producers yeah. who that that's where all the decisions go. It's not like if you're on a show, you know, it's where the showrunner leads it. It's not it's not the you know, the cattle. Uh, you know, leading the rancher here. Um, I, that was the worst analogy in the world. Angelico versus Ray Phoenix. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed this match. Um, and finally, we have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa wow. in an unsanctioned lights out match. <laughs> I fucking love this match. I thought this, it was. This is the thing classic. about AEW is you tune in, you see a bunch of like amateur hour stuff, but you leave every week seeing something awesome. Every single was, week, there's at least one thing, and in this case, this week, two things that you can really hang your hat on and be like, these guys are on a different level than WWE right now creatively. But you have to sit through really like eight, eight segments of improv shows before you get to a couple, you know, two segments of headliners. 
And what I'm really concerned about is that, you know, Miro and Kip talked about having this match with Chuck and Orange, but they did not mention the arcade machines. And I fucking swear, if we get this match and it's not the arcade lumberjack that they promised, I'm going to be pissed. Jesus, you sound like... You sound like Tony Khan on AEW Dark (laughs) Elevation. But they are the company that would promise that and then not deliver. But they did promise us last week. So, well, it seems like they're they're responding to all the criticism online of Miro being a clown, and they're trying to pivot him back to being a serious ass kicker. So he's he's saying, you know, Kip, we're buds, but I'm gonna put, you know, they're 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 planting the seeds that Miro is going to. No, I know that, but they promised arcade machines. I know. I know. We want to see the arcade games, but I feel like we're going to see some kind of heel turn here with Miro. Okay. But do you think they're going to give the advertised match or not? I would think so. I mean, they gave us the the orange juice match. I mean, they technically did or didn't give us an exploding death match. Doesn't Mike sound like he's talking to his dad and his dad's like, I tried! I fucking tried! Okay? <laughs> no, we right, guys, arcade we gotta... match, but we had other things. There was other Scott, things. I, got, Scott, we both do this podcast because we're not able to talk to our dad right now. They all, but they all, to Scott's point, though, they also gave, they just gave, they gave us a women's match with blood, and like that was insane. So I, that's definitely not, not a critique I have of them of, of saying they're going to do something and not doing it. Oh, and I uh, just want to... Uh... Give everybody info at home. Um, Scott, Scott's father's absent because he's passed away, and Mike's father's absent because uh, I don't know he's busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, NXT in ring segment. Finn Balor. I really dug this. Uh, what did you guys? Are you guys excited about this uh, takeover? I think it's going to be better than Mania. Yeah, I've, I've seen Dan and Dad's dad have a conversation, and it's like they're both hosting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think both nights of Takeover are, are probably going to be better than Mania, uh, and I am looking forward to them. Also, this was like a really uh, there wasn't a lot of guys on this show because of like a COVID outbreak. They made the most of what they had. Scarlett yeah, was Scarlett was a star in this uh, opening promo. She was the, awesome the, at the end. Too. She, she was, was really great. good with the weird seductress thing. I think that's a great character for her. She elevates Karrion Cross, who he has a great mystique until he talks, and then he just kind of sounds like. Yeah, she's Karrion Cross, huh? <laughs> there, okay, all right. I'm gonna go kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's my gimmick, Scott. <laughs> Wal- Walter Tommaso Ciampa is going to be phenomenal. That's going to be yeah, match of the of the week, maybe year, maybe maybe. And I love the Bronson Reed. Uh, I know I'm skipping around, but I love Bronson Reed ripping that jacket apart. I thought that was like a really funny, like baby face thing to do for a fat for a fat guy. Oh, that's my favorite thing. I mean, I've I've been that guy. It was it was. <laughs> fucking awesome it immediately set up the feud of why those guys are fighting worst thing on nxt by far kyle o'reilly's promo from his car on the screen <laughs> where he sound he always sounds like he's like a 15 year old kid who just got grounded and he's fighting with his parents there's nothing convincing about him as an ass kicker we were friends and then you did this to me and i'm gonna come after you like i sounded more intimidating than kyle o'reilly did i want to see him get the shit beat out of him and he then sounds like, he sounds like me calling out AEW plot holes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tough crowd, guys. Tough crowd. So 
Robert, what do you got this week? AEW, NXT, or a really spicy edition of the Wrestling Observer? Yeah, I'm never going to Observer. Okay, all right. Oh, no. NXT um, or AEW? Look, I think, I think uh, AEW, for all of the glaring faults that they had, that MJF segment was awesome. The main event was probably the best thing I've seen this week. So I'm going to go with AEW. Andrew. Yeah. Same. I, I haven't seen two women uh, be that brutal in a wrestling ring probably ever. So that, on free TV, that was incredible. Uh, not only was there blood, but they were doing, I mean, that one, uh, that one spot I, I threw the table. I thought, I thought somebody was legit, but had a broken neck. So I, I thought that was incredible. I think they made a star out of Dr. Britt Baker as if she wasn't already a star, she is now. I would put the full force of the company behind her on the uh, on the female side. That that was incredible. I go with I go with Dynamite this week. Also, I didn't. I feel like I, this is, I didn't watch NXT. I feel like this is going to be a. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a royal flush. But Scott, Mike, you guys both have Dynamite, right? It's always Dynamite, and and also this week. I mean, aside from the Sting segment, I really loved all of it. Genuinely, the sting segment and then the QT thing didn't make sense either. Uh, also, all you weirdos who think that we're like pro WWE in this podcast, this is like the fifth week in a row where Dynamite is won. Thanks for the so. check, Stony Con. I appreciate it. My pool yeah. is gonna look great. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go AW. That that main event was fantastic, but yeah, now it's about follow through. It's like, all right, you showed that they could be main eventers, so you have to do that more and you have to feature them on TV more. This, this was the first ever AW dynamite, I think, that had two women's matches on it. That's awesome. Do that more, you know, and in the main event. I, yeah. I think overall, AW needs to cut that roster down by at least 20% stop debuting new people every week, get rid of the students and like, take this fucking thing. Seriously. You're on T you're on cable. You're on, yeah. on huge, uh, you know, that's a big deal. And you're throwing students and, and, and guys that are green as goose shit on TV. Like, yeah, yeah get rid of your friends and family. Yeah. More <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker, less Dr. Luther. Yeah. <laughs> 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 got, give me the best 20 guys and girls and go with that that's the I mean, dark that, order i mean that is my thing if you're gonna have these youtube shows then relegate them there but don't mix them don't put don't put angelico on your main show and act like i've also seen his dark matches well guys we're I at like our angelico. we're at our main event and we uh, and like 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 the man we're roasting, it promises to be short, hopefully sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, the roast of Bill Goldberg. Uh, before we uh, go into this, I uh, like I saw sh I, I watched like shoot interviews like all weekend uh, about Bill and Bill dressed. He always dresses like a guy who's like still still goes clubbing with Jay Leno on the weekends. <laughs> like he has this like this like wild hogs version of what like dad cool dad should look like. Yeah, he's always at like a Planet Hollywood red carpet event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like I remember when he was talking I, I was and this I didn't include this in the roast but he was like uh he was talking about um that movie Santa's Sleigh that we we reviewed on the Patreon 
uh, where, where Goldberg plays a, a Santa who kills a bunch of people. And he was like, you know, I was doing this movie, you know, I know it was Brett Ratner's assistant. And I'm like, well, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, That's not an impressive thing that it's somebody's impressive assistant, Bill. That's not, you know, when, you know, when you walk around Vegas and you walk around the casinos and they have all those gaudy stores and you see like, Oh, Ferrari has a clothing brand. That's <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Like he, he goes shopping in the Ferrari store. <laughs> it's like the pre-roast roast. I like it. Yeah, well, you know, we got we, we're gonna dip our toe in before we jump into the deep end. Zach, who do you got first? Robert. All right. <clears throat> roast of Bill Goldberg. He's bald, he's charismatic, he's Jewish, and he has changed the face of professional wrestling. But enough about Paul Heyman. Let's talk about Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg matches are a lot like losing your virginity. Tons of hype, a quick jackhammer, and it's all over way too soon. (laughs) Goldberg was called the discount Steve Austin, which isn't an insult to Bill because he would never pay full price. (laughs) I joke, but it was a big deal growing up having a Jewish wrestler to look up to. Before Goldberg, all we had was that time Richard Belzer got choked out by Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Goldberg ended Bret Hart's in-ring career by giving him a concussion. They knew something was wrong with Bret when he started being humble and gracious. (laughs) Goldberg refused to wrestle on Yum Kipper because he needed that time to atone for all of his shitty matches. (laughs) Bill Goldberg... Sandy Koufax. (laughs) Sandy Koufax would be a better wrestler than Bill Goldberg. Uh, Bill Goldberg came back to wrestling for his son who just wanted to get him out of the house. Goldberg is a hack who used more talented people to get over in WCW, achieved a level of moderate fame, and got way too into cars. He basically stole Jay Leno's gimmick. (laughs) Goldberg's shriek was ended when he was zapped with a cattle prod. Watching a Jew get zapped with a cattle prod is the only way Dusty Rhodes could come. (laughs) Eric Bischoff claimed Goldberg is only wrestling for the money and not for his love of winding up in a wheelchair with CTE. Goldberg had an embarrassing match at Super Showdown against The Undertaker, which has been called the worst human rights violation to happen in Saudi Arabia that hour. <laughs> Lastly, Chris Jericho believes Goldberg's 173-0 streak was a hoax, which is why no one should ask Jericho his thoughts on the Holocaust. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Zach, who do we got next? All right, Mike, you're up next. Okay, uh... I'm so excited to be roasting one of my favorite wrestlers. Oh, wait, we're doing Goldberg? I I thought it was Gilbert. I fucking love Gilbert. Going to be honest, I'm phoning this one in, but I figured that's what Goldberg would do. The greatest (laughs) insult I could make is to put put forth any effort. Uh, (laughs) The only thing on a bigger tear than Goldberg in the 90s was Kevin Nash's quads. But at least those had a few good years in the ring. (laughs) He's always made me proud as a fellow Jew and as a lazy piece of shit. (laughs) He was a wrestler that really made you believe that he only knew two moves. Uh, He actually used the third move against Brett. uh, Sweet concussion music. (laughs) He goes against... uh, If it wasn't for him kicking Brett, though, uh, Brett would still be wrestling. Yet... Yes, Brett is 63 years old, 
had a bunch of strokes and cancer, but he'd still be wrestling. It was the kick that ended him. The kick. <laughs> <laughs> he goes against wrestling tradition by not protecting his opponents and goes against Jewish tradition by having a tattoo. <laughs> um, his matches really captured the spirit of Hanukkah because they're only one minute but feel like eight. <laughs> he answers the question, what if Stone Cold had only ever wrestled with a neck injury? he got beat up by chris jericho in a legit fight the only other person that can say that is any grocery store employee that enforces a mask policy (laughs) (laughs) that's it for me oh that's great all right andrew you're up next um i'm very excited about this thank you guys for having me again uh thank thank you for doing this sir In Judaism, it's considered a mitzvah or a good deed to give charitably. And no Jew embodies that spirit more than Bill Goldberg. I mean, if it wasn't for Bill Goldberg, Bret Hart never would have received his disability check from Lloyd's of London. (laughs) (laughs) Bill said he came back to the WWE in his 50s because he wanted his young son to see him wrestle. And you thought Woody Allen was a bad father. <laughs> Topical Allen versus Pharaoh on HBO. Bill's legendary win streak in WCW famously came to an end after Scott Hall shocked him with an electrical cattle prod. Even more shocking was after the match when Eddie Kingston jumped on top of him to save him from further electrocution. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg famously did the job to a cattle prod, much like many of his family in Auschwitz. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, I'm bringing the heat, guys. I'm bringing the heat. Goldberg used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, the team that made the Dirty Bird touchdown dance famous. In wrestling, the Dirty Bird is when Coco Beware used to use Frankie on ring racks. (laughs) (laughs) That one's for Dan. That one's for Dan. Every time he wrestled in WCW, Goldberg was escorted to the ring by police officers. It's the most work cops in Atlanta have gotten in the wrestling business since they were asked to perform a wellness check on Chris Benoit. (laughs) And lastly, Goldberg was a contestant on season three of The Celebrity Apprentice. You know, just in case you were wondering how Gary Busey sustained his traumatic brain injury. (laughs) That was great. Thank Thank you, you. Andrew. That was awesome. Thank you, Andrew. All right, Scott. Lovely, lovely, lovely. All right. Goldberg is the Sean Spears of Spears. <laughs> he is the worst Berg in the history of Bergs. Even the Hindenburg lasted a minute before it blew up. Gold, Goldberg and Iceberg. What is synonymous with sinking ships? Wrestling's definition of a jackhammer is the same as Urban Dictionaries, I found out. Uh, It is the go-to move for the inexperienced and inept. How is it an undefeated streak if he gave up during every match? (laughs) Um, Goldberg matchups are a lot like grinder matchups. Someone's getting fucked in the ass and quick. (laughs) I assume it's quick on that there. It depends on the night, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Super Showdown, Goldberg did more damage to Undertaker's head than chain emails, fake Facebook posts, and I assume QAnon. <laughs> uh, Hanukkah is eight days in honor of the eight days Goldberg works a year. <laughs> Goldberg has squashed more Atlanta wrestlers than Mrs. Cornette. <laughs> 
it's the last time I'm ever going to mention her. Yeah, I'm sure. No, it's not. It's not not even close. Uh, This is how how much Goldberg sucks, all right? Even to this day, to this day, Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar was the absolute low point of WrestleMania 20. The high, a future murderer posing in the ring with Eddie Guerrero and the people he murdered. We go back. We go, no, don't erase that peacock. Erase the Goldberg match. (laughs) Before Eric Bischoff had Rosie and Jamal as three-minute warning, he had Goldberg as three-minute boring. And I know that joke doesn't work well, but neither does Goldberg. (laughs) That's it for me. Uh, all right, let me step in and bring it home, guys. Uh, Goldberg took forever to sign with Vince McMahon. It's weird to think of someone as too good for the WWE, but not good enough for the XFL. Before, <laughs> before Goldberg started in wrestling, the jackhammer was just something they used to dig out Gorilla Monsoon's son. What oh. the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. Come on. Uh, he called his autobiography, I'm Next, The Strange Journey of America's Most Unlikely Superhero. A straight white guy who made 10 times the money Booker T did while working a fourth of the time. Sounds pretty American to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Goldberg takes his charity work seriously, volunteering for the Tampa Wounded Warriors, opposing to the Atlanta Wounded Warriors, which were the people that paid to see him wrestle. Uh, Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg also spends his time visiting children in the cancer ward. Talk about booking the ultimate quick finish. Uh, <laughs> oh, my fuck. <laughs> uh, Scott Hall used a taser on Goldberg to end his screen, but then only three weeks later, Goldberg used it on Scott to wake him up for a flight. And four weeks <laughs> after that, X-Pac used it to make China come. <laughs> Goldberg and Brett won the tag team championships in WCW as the always complaining about the road warriors. Could you, could you imagine that booking committee? Who's next? Well, since you already got five minutes offense and it really should be me. Uh, he was known for a great spear, but not great enough to go in the 10th round. Now, now the Goldberg squash is what happens when Jeff Garland fucks his wife. <laughs> when I when I saw Goldberg at the Rumble, I was like, nothing's changed. This is the same guy, the exact same guy that got his ass kicked by Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho now, the guy that looks like <laughs> Brett Michaels ate Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Apparently, the story is that their fight started when Goldberg asked Jericho, who's next? And Jericho asked Goldberg, where were you on the morning of September 11th? <laughs> <laughs> And that's it for me. That was the roast of Goldberg. And you, folks, you know, we we, we kind of picked somebody who, who kind of walked on the straight and narrow for professional wrestlers. So let's uh, let's switch it up. We're going to be doing the Hardy Boys next week, both Matt and Jeff. And man, there is a lot of material there. It is there is they they do not have a Wikipedia page. They have literal rap sheets. So check it out. It's going to be fucking awesome. Andrew, thank. <laughs> Thank Harpless, you so much I'm relying on you to, to give us some Michael Hayes jokes on that uh, next week. Um, Andrew, tell us about uh, the season of Dark Side coming up. I know you guys are doing co- Collision in Korea. I can't wait to, wait so, for that one. Here's the thing: I Dark Side of the Ring uh, has done two seasons. In later this uh, year, season three is coming out. 
what I did is a series is a new series called Dark Side of the Ring Confidential, where we added 30 extra minutes of content of, of roundtable chat, uh, director's cut commentary to eight of the episodes from the first two seasons. So it's Evan and Jason, the creators at a, at a table with Conrad Thompson um, before and after each act of eight of the episodes from the first two seasons. So we did the Gino Hernandez episode was our premiere. Just on Tuesday was Montreal Screwjob. Next week is the Von Erics. We're doing the Road Warriors. We're doing Owen. We're doing Herb Abrams. Um, and we, we basically um, expand on all of the sort of unanswered questions that you have when you watch a documentary, when you watch one of these episodes, you get the creators of the show after each act answering all the questions you have coming out of, of each act of, of, uh, of an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. We answer a lot of questions. We have deleted scenes. We have guests. Um, we have special guests. We have Blue Meanie talking about Owen. We have Tommy Dreamer talking about New Jack. We have uh, on, on the, on the Screwjob episode on Tuesday, we had uh, uh, Mike Kyoto, who was supposed to be part of the finish. So he told that story. Um, it was just, it was really, it was incredible. Cause I'm, I mean, for my professional hours to, to be consumed with, with talking about the Von Erichs, like on the phone with my uh, rights and clearances lawyer to see if like, we have to fair use the scaffold match clip of Jim Cornette falling and, and breaking both of his legs. Like that was stuff I got to do professionally. That was a thrill. It must be like awesome. Be like, honey, no, honey, I'm watching this wrestling for work. Take care of the children. 100%. 100% my experience. And uh, just, you know, like I'm talking to network executives like, hey, can we pay Can we pay a couple hundred dollars for this picture of Jericho and Lance Storm as the thrill seekers from Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Like these were things, these are <laughs> annoying tasks you have to do making a TV show, but they were you know, they were about wrestling. So ultimately it was so much, it was like the most fun I've had making a TV show probably ever. Um, you guys, you guys would love it. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Evan and Jason are, are very respectful of the business and they're very open and honest about um, these, these crazy, most of them are true crime stories. A lot of them are very tragic and they're very, they're very, very open and honest about these these stories and and um, just watching the episodes, uh, you'll learn so much more uh, about things like Owen and New Jack and you know the Road Warriors. I love that yeah. this was the most fun you had working on a wrestling TV show when you worked on Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew, can you give us one number four? Creative has nothing for you. This is where Rob, uh, you know, fills us in. Uh, with a depressing story of his WWE past. You did come on the show and told us about getting thrown into like a craft service table and being stained and then going on a private plane and Undertaker yelling at you in front of everybody. It's in the archives. Check it out. But what is there? Is there another one that was particularly mortifying while you were there? Yeah. Well, let me just say uh, Dark Side of Green Confidential is on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. on Vice. Uh, we have six more episodes uh, to come and then, and then the third season premieres. So uh, definitely check that out. Also, the episodes uh, post on YouTube after that. So so look for that. Uh, and thank it's you. It's the thank best show Vice has ever done, for sure. 100%. Thank you for letting me uh, 
Absolutely. Like, Although, you know, runner-up, have you ever seen that Vice? This is real sidebar of sidebars, but have you ever seen that Vice documentary series about that guy? He thought he was the devil and then killed all those guys and buried him in his backyard. Kevin Sullivan? <laughs> was Goldberg? I thought we were done talking about Goldberg. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, it's not... I, there's a few I could tell, but the, the most probably depressing moment was, you know, look, when you get that job, you're, you're signed to 13 week contracts and every 13 weeks you kind of get reevaluated and they, they kind of let you know if you've been renewed and, and you're going to keep going or, or if it's going to end. And so the end of my first 13 weeks, Michael Hayes called me into uh, his office and he was like, well, you're, uh, well, we're picking up your next 13, but it's not like I'm running down to HR telling them we need to keep this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Uh, go, okay, go back to work. Like that was sort of that was the positive reinforcement you got at that job was like if you if you laughed, would he would he would he laugh too, or would he be like, what, uh, the, what do you let? You know, he he would immediately take it as an like I'm being disrespectful to the wrestling business. This is tackle <laughs> football on concrete. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying it, things to to give uh, Robert. Uh, that that triggered that triggered me right there. Hearing yeah, tackle football on concrete. Tackle football on concrete. They say that in your interview, but yeah, that was it. I mean, I was in in like three seconds. I was super jacked to like, oh, I'm getting another 13 weeks. To this guy has it out for me, not only because I'm Jewish, but also because he doesn't uh, like my work. I'm just kidding. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm, you know, immediately he kind of set the groundwork for I'm on shaky ground and, you know, destroyed my confidence. Again, I was 25. Did you, feel weird, as a Jew- Did you feel weird as a Jewish guy there? Because I've actually heard that a couple of times. Like no, Robert had a story last week about <laughs> about the million dollar man trying to convert him to Christianity. I've heard those. I've heard those stories. I didn't really I, you know. I didn't really too much. I mean, the, the high holidays came around and, you know, I, I became pretty good friends with Brian Gewertz. He's like, dude, look, man, if, if you want to take the days off, take the days off, but they're going to shit on you for it. But he's like, I say, fuck them. I take the days off. So like, I kind of had the, like Brian kind of took me under his wing in trying to help me navigate those things. I didn't really witness a, a lot of that, but you know, when I, my first day I came in with, I started with Ranjan Singh, Dave Kapoor. We we walked into the writers' room together as two new hires, and Michael Hayes goes, "Well, look, it's Harold and Kumar." So, like, that's kind of how that's how we started. <laughs> Wait, he thought you were Asian? No, because Kapoor isn't it? You know, he's <laughs> no. Kumar. Did he say Howard and Kumar? Or did he no, call he, you Harold? he said ha- Harold and Kumar. Like, I was Harold, and Dave Kapoor, who is you know, you know I get that but he, how he are thought, you Harold he, he, I was just the white guy he thought um he was like he thought he was being creative because his first thought was like hey look it's the Jew and the brown you know it was just exactly. like something so That's basic funny, like, I'm impressed how culturally like relevant that reference probably was at the time like that was within the last 15 years <laughs> but he clearly didn't see the movie he didn't know that Harold was played by John Cho Right. No, because Chill might be in that Keenan theater. and Kale. <laughs> <laughs> All here we go. To him, Harold was a white guy. Yeah. 
Exactly. Robert, well, do you have... the ambiguously gay duo. Um, that's Patterson and his partner. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Robert, before uh, Andrew gets out of here, do you have a story to share? Uh, so, yeah, you, you label this as uh, out telling each other the most depressing moment. And there was a story I I, I almost hesitate to tell this, but I'm going to tell it anyway, because screw it. So because you said the high holiday thing, I was I took off for the high holidays. So I the, all the other writers were going to OVW after a SmackDown taping. I was flying back to Stanford to fly home. So I flew back on the plane with Cole and Taz. So it's just the three of us on the plane. Um, and they pour this huge glass of Johnny Walker. They put it in front of me like, all right, we're all going to start drinking. And they're pounding them. And they're just, they're sitting there talking and they're like, oh, tell us about yourself and just shitting on anything I say. Uh, oh, I went to University of Florida. That school fucking sucks. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, Taz was like, you see this map on the on the screen of all these towns? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I wrestled in every one of these towns. You know what that means? I'm like, no. He goes, it means jack fucking shit. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then, I fucking hate myself, bro. <laughs> and then there was a moment where Michael Cole, I will never forget this as long as I live. He was sitting there holding the glass, apropos of nothing, just stares at me and just goes, my family thinks I'm a loser. <laughs> Which is true. I can vouch for that. <laughs> what, he used really? to bring his son to Little League. Yeah, I never played Little League, but I'd like hang out there, you know? And yeah, he, and yeah and he'd You're bring like his, like, his time? Like, adopted son to Little <laughs> yeah, League. That sounds so creepy, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I hung out there, you know, until I started getting a rep. <laughs> Sorry, my, Scott, what were you said? So you hung out with Michael Cole's son? No, well, no, but I knew of Michael Cole's son, and, you know, the kid was very embarrassed of his father, and he was adopted. That's all I know. <laughs> I hope that's the headline that travels from this podcast. Is <laughs> Michael Cole's son is embarrassed of him on all the dirt. Shoes. It's going to be like when Michael Cole reads that headline, it's going to be like Finn and Karrion Cross from last week. Like, what took you so long? You know, <laughs> this was when I was nine, though. So the kid could have just been like, The Rock called him her a hermaphrodite. I'm embarrassed. Right. Like, but I don't nice, know. The nice yeah. thing about Dynamite is we get to watch Taz's kid be embarrassed of him on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> all right andrew thank you for coming on the show buddy and thank check you out thank check you out both dark sides uh it's it's a fantastic show thank you andrew come back again thank you dark side of the ring confidential tuesdays 9 p.m on vice and youtube thank you guys thank all you all right see you soon appreciate you uh number five we watched monday night raw uh, well, I know Robert and I did. Mike and Scott, did you watch Raw this past week? We won't. Watched uh, Raw. I watched Raw. You yeah. watched Raw. Okay. I, wa I watched enough of Raw. I really I, I just. Did. Oh, sorry. Go on. Sorry. No, I really just want to talk about one thing, and it's this Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon program. It is. Oh, can we get Andrew I, back? Because I. <laughs> <laughs> what is. This is like pure i you know i've gone back and forth first i'm like this is going to be really bad and now i'm like this is this is phenomenal wrestle crap this is going to keep every week because they got to keep they got to keep upping they already like you know beat braun with a camp with a with a camera poured green on him had shane go through a table they're gonna have to one-up themselves uh but what is this story from robert you had a theory i was talking to you about it why do you think this is playing out the way it is? Why is Shane the heel in this situation? Oh, I'm convinced uh, that Vince saw Revenge of the Nerds on TV and realized Braun looks like the big dumb guy from the you really jock think fraternity. That's 
I think this was ogre. Some, the, ogre. This is some just weird, stupid thing where they're like, all right, we need to make Shane the heel against Braun. Why? He calls him stupid because big guys don't like being called stupid. And that's all you need. But the fact that this has props like the hopscotch and the green, like a bucket of green slime. This just feels like no bad idea was rejected. And <laughs> they're going to do this for the next several weeks. Shane's promo a week ago where he seemed really coked up and sweaty and illogical in what he was saying was, I was, I told somebody, I'm convinced that Shane has a drug problem and Vince is doing this to shame him, to make him see what he looks like on TV and be like, you need to, like, this is his intervention. Like, you need to get help. Oh my God! What is um, the explanation for the green goop? Someone saw the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards this weekend. I mean, was it a tie-in? Because you can't call it slime. Because I worked at a place where we would slime kids, but it's like copywritten by Nickelodeon. So you'd go like, "Ah, oh, you got fucking boogers on you," you know. <laughs> <laughs> And the kids go, okay. <laughs> is it like green, like the green is, envy? Or what, what do you think that could be it? Or am I just looking way too uh, deep into yeah, this? Yeah, there's no symbolism on Raw. I mean, I would it, love it's crazy that, that you, you asked us to, <laughs> you asked us to do this, and I, I couldn't because the Snyder Cut came out today of Justice League, and I can't do Monday Night Raw and that. It's just how how is the Snyder Cut, by the way? I'm two hours into it. It opens with Superman yelling, and then the whole world can feel him yelling. That sounds like working for Vince, right, Robert? (laughs) Uh, Pretty much. The weirdest thing about Raw this week was it's like even they're embarrassed about Fastlane. They gave you (laughs) Riddle Ali and the New Day Hurt Business, which were both title matches, which should have been at Fastlane. Drew is facing... Lashley at WrestleMania, which they just announced with a graphic. That's what I wanted to talk rather about. Rather than what, even make it the so Sheamus match. And then AJ and almost challenge for the tag titles at WrestleMania, even though there's a pay-per-view this Sunday. Like I th- wonder, this- like, like, how could they make this even like more anticlimactic? Just have like, I don't know, that guy Scott Stanford just read off the rest of the card? <laughs> like, I know I'm serious because that was I mean, they just made no decision on that. And, and and they've been doing a pretty good job building Lashley and Drew. So I, I was pretty surprised by it. I think they got worried about the on sale and they felt that they needed to get a main event announced this week before the pay-per-view. So they were just like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to announce Lashley and Drew so that we have something to sell. And then they, they push back the on sale. It's they push, kind of well, they push back the on sale because I think they tried to go full audience. But because they threw this, this Brian... Uh, Roman match at Fastlane, they can't advertise Roman and Edge as a guaranteed main event. They need something to sell the show. And the only thing announced for WrestleMania is Bianca Belair and uh, Sasha Banks. I I actually think they pushed back the sale date because they needed to do less seats, right? They needed to rearrange the whole thing. They wanted to do 30-something thousand, and they're only going to do 25. But then people say it's because they might not sell that many tickets. So you start low and then act like seats opened up if you do sell them. Boys. Uh, here's uh, <laughs> uh, here. Here. I had two other notes um, besides that. Besides uh, Scott's riveting take on the seating. Uh, <laughs> do, do we, I think like Keith, they just have Keith Lee join, join the her business and then do the rock 
Farouk storyline, but with Lashley and Keith Lee, right? That would that would get every get all those guys over. I don't know. That's It'd that's my thought. And, and and another thought that I had was uh, New Day wants to turn heel, right? Because they were having way too much fun on social media after winning the tag titles. Like they were acting like Seth after they won the tag titles. Um, so I'm wondering if they're jockeying to go heel and go against a face hurt business. Am I thinking about this more than they are? That's my question. Way I more. That, yeah, yeah. I think they're having fun with the internet. Look, New Day was a great heel faction. They, I, that's, I think they were underrated as how talented they were at, at being antagonistic heels. No, they, they did a good version of what Seth's doing now. Right, but they'll never properly turn them heel because they sell too much merchandise. But I think that the backlash of people getting mad that they were tag champions again, because you, when you see the strings, the audience gets mad. And it's clear that they were like, we don't have anything for AJ to do at WrestleMania. We, don't have, we need to do something with Omos. All right, let's hot shot the tag titles and then move on to this completely uh, different feud. Yeah. Can you do AJ versus anybody? I really think if WrestleMania is going to be two nights, at least on some level, have a tournament that connects the two nights. I mean, fucking unify the U.S. and the Intercontinental something and have a tournament. Right. Like, make make people give a shit on, on any level. A tournament at WrestleMania. What could go wrong? Because <laughs> <laughs> at least, I mean, you know, at least New Japan connects them that. The main yeah. event of the first one previews what the next night's going to be. There's reason to watch both. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked they didn't do AJ Triple H for this mania because they don't have another. They don't have another main event, and that's a match you can do at any time, and it's a match nobody's seen before. But uh, I, I guess Triple H is under way too much stress during this COVID shit. AJ is way too short for him to sell. Who <laughs> said he was six. going to? <laughs> Number six. It's time for Scott's New Japan Corner. Oh shit! All right, boys. <laughs> Did you you know Finju beat the Good Brothers for the uh, TNA Tag Titles, right? Of course. Oh, you did uh, know I that, did. Robert? Yes, I did. Yeah, so they did, right? But then, so get this. So then, this morning, uh, in the in the New Japan Cup tournament match. Jay White fought David Finley, right? And David Finley beat Jay White. Wow. So wow. he won the tag titles from the Good Brothers, who are Bullet Club, is he, is, uh, is, you know, is, old Bullet Club. And then he just pinned Jay White one-on-one, who is Bullet Club, and he's with G.O.D. So people think that they're, so they're going something. they're going Okada. They're going to go Okada winning this, right? Well, no, Okada. Okada's been out. Um, I, oh, uh, no, not Okada. Um, Osprey. Yeah, Osprey or Shingo. So, I mean, what it is now is on Saturday, Osprey fights Finley, which you would think Osprey wins. Osprey has a broken nose, by the way. Zack Saber Jr. broke it a few days ago, and he's still been wrestling, and it's like mangled. Uh, yeah, he's the shit. And then Shingo versus Evil is also Saturday, and then it'll probably be Shingo versus Osprey. I want Shingo to win. But uh, yeah. well, I didn't get to say this during the NXT. Um, Sunday's the but, final. But I could, you know, the, that Io Shirai segment, I thought was, I was just thinking about evil. So I thought of his girlfriend, but that, uh, that whole segment with Dakota Kai, and you know, I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Num- yeah. That's really all that's going on with New Japan. It's just the tournament and the final, which is Sunday. Number seven. This is a new segment I like to call Worst of the Worst. Uh, we debate uh, which gimmick was worked this week. 
uh, Mike Awesome as that 70s guy or Mike Awesome as the fat chick thriller? Uh, first off, I want to start out by saying like Mike Awesome was awesome <laughs> in ECW and like WWF and and WCW completely dropped the ball with this guy. There is no reason he should have been a bigger star than he was. Well, with uh, WCW, it's not even dropping the ball. It, I mean, it's harassment. It's complete <laughs> harassment. They're trying to torture this well, guy. Yes, the sto- the storyline, the, the backstage storyline is that he had heat because he beat up one of Hogan's friends and... You know, because of that, he had to he had to he had to do these two gimmicks, which like they're both awful. I'm going to say that that 70s guy is worse only because Mike Awesome is so not into it. And it's like he's like saying all these creepy, rapey things. But he's like, hey, I'll just don't say no. I don't stop. I don't you know, like he's like he's like phoning it into a level opposed to the fat chick thriller where he's, you know, he still had that, you know, bit where he lifted up the the road apron and he looked like he was uh, exerting himself, even though, you know, physiologically that didn't make any sense. Which gimmick do you think is worse, <laughs> yeah. Scott? That was so annoying. That <laughs> chick thriller to me is just like, uh, that's good television. It's, like, <laughs> it's respectable. It's believable. <laughs> gets ladies working it does make like the one reason i have to say it might be a worse gimmick is because you know they weren't treated well backstage like there's no way they were like okay ladies and what you'll be doing is walking out it's like a bunch of fucking pranksters and stuff they're probably pushing the ladies over over guys and stuff you know yeah. uh I, I so i i do feel bad for the women involved in that i don't know how i guess in the 90s you just did that though right i i guess it's i mean like, I, how did I they tell like, me how many auditions I've gone to where it's like fat slob enters the room. It is that they still say fat. Yeah, they don't do it as much. But when I first started, they still said it. But like now, married with children, like if they needed a lady for a shoe, a store, shoe scene, store. Yeah, it was probably just like, yeah, just like monster cow woman. <laughs> that, that was literally these these three women. I was like, have I seen them at Gary's shoe store? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't they don't say fat slob at auditions anymore. They say dancer St. Germain type. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone said about my career. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> this was so weird because in both gimmicks like he he clearly didn't want to do the gimmick because once the the bell rang he just had a regular mike awesome match you know like there's nothing 70s about his wrestling because that could actually be interesting a 70s guy wrestler where he does like he is the least confident sexual predator i've ever seen here's why it's the gimmick (laughs) actually doesn't make sense so for the listeners it's like He's this 70s guy. And so he dresses, you know, you go, oh, he kind of dresses like a horseman. And, you know, yeah. there's like these. But the 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 error in the gimmick is so he says something like, and then after I win, I'm going to listen to the Bee Gees. What does he say? He's like, I'll see the Bee Gees. And he's like, oh, yeah, they Mean used Gene, to be. Mean Gene says it. He's like, are you, do you know the Bee Gees? He's like, they're still alive. Yeah, he's like, they're still around. And it's like, well, what is this part of the gimmick where you just don't understand time? his whole gimmick was he looked like an accountant going to a halloween party where he's like he's wearing the attire yeah. but he doesn't understand it 
And they tried with that. They gave him the Partridge family bus at one point as part of his entrance. Oh my God. And it was, and remember this was that 70s show was a huge hit at this point. Yeah. The fat chick, the fat chick thriller was infinitely worse. And I think for the reason Scott said, as somebody who's had to do this in a production end, you're bringing in people in different towns where you have to call in and be like, all right, ladies, we're bringing you here for the fat chick thriller segment. We're going to, we're going to have Mark Madden make fun of you and call you fat cows while you walk to the ring and stumble in as if you're incompetent while this guy pretends like he would ever touch you with a hundred foot pole. No, and he even worse, would. he definitely the, would. Oh, he definitely fucked all of them. But <laughs> yeah. uh, the the worst part of that was the the match you sent was him against Shane Douglas, which for an ECW fan like Mike Awesome, Shane Douglas should have been a really good match. Instead, it was peak WCW where it was Fat Chick Thrilla, Mike Awesome versus Shane Douglas, where they're distracted by a Billy Kidman sex tape with Tori <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> Man, I really can pick some horrors. I, I, I took some notes during these matches. And uh, I mean, one thing I wrote was it was amazing watching this after watching that Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match to see how far we've come. Uh, <laughs> I wrote uh, the, these women do not look thrilled to be in the ring. Uh, they look <laughs> they look miserable. That's the thing. If they were smiling and they were happy, you'd feel at least OK about it. But they they knew what the gimmick was. Uh, but the best line of the night was just Mark Madden going, sex tapes, fat women, this is wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the other announcer goes, we've got Booker and Goldberg again tonight. <laughs> Shivani, there's no life left in his body. Because then Mark Madden was like, we need to get this match over quickly because we want to get to this sex tape. So just pin him one, two, three. Like. <laughs> and they wonder why WCW went out of business. Yeah, and also Mark Madden is clearly the largest person in that arena. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, those women, those women were getting a payday, and maybe they wanted to be actresses. And now, what those women don't get to do anything. Maybe a true well, girls degrading, no. and they're like, what, no, I want to be. I love WCW and Nitro. One of those Why are they Southern, by the way? They didn't talk. Scott. Oh, yeah, I, oh, I know why. Southern. I know why they're, they're Southern. Yeah. yeah, they were they're in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, they needed tiny motorcycles to ride out on. Well, it's just I, it, that promo that he cut was just so sad as that 70s guys was like, no, can't say no. Got to keep hitting on these women. Like you could see his soul leaving his fucking body as he cut that promo. <laughs> yeah. And there was um, also he still did like a power pump table spot. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> 70s about that. <laughs> uh, number. So uh, so I guess the consensus. So I'm going to say that 70s guy is worse. Robert is going to say fat chick thriller. Scott, did you say? You like that 70s guy. Zach, who do you got? Fat Chick Thriller or that 70s guy? Which one's better or worse? The worst one? Which one's worse? The, the not yeah. Fat Chick one. Yeah, that's the worst yeah. one. Yeah, you go yeah. like, who's the worst friend, you know? The guy who's always <laughs> banging Fat Chicks or the guy who's like constantly bringing up, you know, the Bee Gees? Well, here's, here's How the, the, real, of your... the, the real question, Dan, is one of the gimmicks I could just say the name of out loud anywhere, and the other one I feel like I have to whisper. So, <laughs> how pissed are you if you're Disco Inferno watching this fucking gimmick come out? Yeah, because it's literally I his character. Fat chicks. 
<laughs> Disco. <laughs> <laughs> all right number eight show in hell this week's edition uh qt marshall versus marco stunt on aew dark elevation um i'm gonna start out by saying this was not i'm gonna say some positive things first just in case you guys think i'm a real asshole uh paul white is pretty good at commentary He's not great. He's probably not worth the cash, but I thought he was fine. I mean, I, I, I thought he was okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only positive thing I have to say. I thought I had more. Uh, I really did. Mike, what did you think of this? I mean, this was, yeah, I, I think he, you know, for a first time, he's okay. He's like very, his attempt at conversational, like trying to be that former athlete anecdotal, which yeah was really tough in this match for him to relate to either of these guys. Cause you know, he is a wrestler and, and they're not, um, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Another, another positive thing I'll say for the first time, I believed, uh, I believed in the selling of both of them. Cause I could believe realistically that those guys could beat each other up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, what was amazing about this was that this was, you know, I mean, that's the thing with Marco is any match with him is a big man, little man match for the most part, you know, unless someone is, you know, Marco's size, which we've not seen yet. Um, But it is that thing of this is where this belongs. And if this is where these guys were only, and they also weren't on TV Wednesday, I'd be fine. Leave them here. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a guy with QT's body. Who's confident enough to not wear a shirt is also the guy who's confident enough to fight. Marco stunt and think he's cool for doing it, you know. <laughs> that is true. His face. I liked doesn't... it. I liked the match. I really did. I thought it was fine. Shocked. He his face. His <laughs> face. His face does not make expressions. QT Marshall's face cannot make expressions. He looks like he looks like a shapeshifter or something. Um, Robert, are we being too kind? Ah, uh, yeah, you're being. Uh, look, I think this was. A, a weird like you're trying to get QT Marshall over as this dominant threat which makes no sense because in no other match is he ever going to be a dominant threat him throwing around Marco stunt doesn't make me now want to see QT wrestle someone else big show on commentary for me was rough he immediately kind of shits on this whereas like uh, Marco stunt's got no chance in this one and it's kind of well then why are we watching this he shouldn't be figuring it out while he's on television. That was my concern before. You spent all this money on Big Show and you put him in a role that he's not really good at and he's you don't want to watch somebody learn on the job. And that's what you're getting here. The one advantage, the best part of this was Tony Schiavone correctly pronouncing his name as QT Marshall. He has finally solidified that he is the French inspector we always knew. And this QT Marshall bullshit was all like, that's the Mandela effect. It's always been QT Marshall. You're all wrong. Well, here's here's what I really wanted to talk about. And it's something I didn't put on the 10 count, but I made Robert watch it. And I, I tried to make Mike and Scott watch it. I don't know. I don't know if you guys got a chance to. Uh, but they run an angle where Kenny Omega beats up Matt Seidel. And then Tony Khan comes out. And, you know, as the angry owner of a wrestling co- and anybody who says Adam Pierce is bad from now on can go fuck themselves because this was 
Like this was like jarring. Like Wait. I knew like a like a rich like a rich kid who had panic attacks, and he sounded exactly like this guy. It was just it was really uncomfortable. Yeah, like, that's why it like, worked for me. It's you're fucking you're fucking up my money. Ah, I like it. <laughs> this, this that's my the, parents' yeah. bedroom. I thought it was fun. <laughs> Look, this was the best thing I've seen all week. This was my markout moment um, by far. Was. <laughs> how awkward and uncomfortable and forced he was in this. He sound, this is where I'm going to get really deep cut. He sounded like in back to the future too, when Michael J. Fox played his son and he's like, my father, like that's exactly who Tony <laughs> Khan sounds like. I can fully imagine him saying like, you know, my dad said, you're not allowed to do this. He, like, this, this felt like he pulled a rib on himself and didn't realize it. They're like, no, no, Tony, go out there. You're going to be great as the authority figure. <laughs> I'm going to say that there is no coincidence that the same week he put himself on screen as a character, we got two roll-up finishes. <laughs> because these are oh, the man. things that they said they wouldn't do. They weren't going to do these. Like, well, no, but they addressed it. They said it's because Kenny is lawless. It's the first night of their brand new show, and he acts like an asshole and fucks around. And so he's got to nip it in the butt quick. And they said, you know, he won't do it again. Uh, you know, Tony Schiavone and Taz. You, you, you're, 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 you're reporting their kayfabe news. Here's here. Okay, Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's know. wrestling now. It's all part of it. You look at the Twitter. You do the thing. That's no, no. I'm just everything's talking about at if, like, midnight WWE, now. It's fucking if WWE you know. gave that as an explanation. You would not accept it if it was like, well, I don't want to be here, but one of the villains uh wants no, I'd, pre- to- I'd prefer it better than just completely ignoring uh you know uh, flaws or errors or you know he made a promise and then he fucked up and then so then he acknowledges it in a way that makes sense that's fine don't you think you're the mark in- for going he's acting like he's telling the truth no he's just doing wrestling storytelling it, but, but don't you think it goes good. against kenny's character to even be on this show if he's this like braggadocious one brother win titles, he, he, he champion he, he he was on TNA. No, <laughs> don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but that's to get their belt supposedly that he hasn't gotten is, yet. Is Impact getting anything from this relationship? Buried further, which is fine by me. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, Kenny and Swan. Oh, you did you guys see the Callus uh, promo on Rich Swan this week? It was like six minutes long. It's pretty. No, good. is it good? Yeah, it's all right. You know. <laughs> but Omega's going to be on Impact next week. He filmed like a you know uh, like a bunch of episodes, I guess. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, uh, Fast Lane predictions. This is a good time to plug our Patreon. We're going to be uh, it's going to drop on Monday, but we're going to record right after Fast Lane. So uh, become a become a become a patron, especially because you get to hear the Teddy Hart roast, and then the new Jack roast is coming up, and two of those people have the uh, have the capacity to murder us. So thankfully, let's... they can't afford the five dollars a month it takes to be a Patreon member, so we're safe for now. <laughs> and, and and look, I, I I think I said something similar about Teddy Hart, but that's going to be the theme of our Patreon guests. <laughs> we are often going to roast poor people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fast lane. I, I bet New Jack saved some money. Uh, let's start out Biggie versus Apollo. Who do you got, Mike? I will say, um, I'll say Big E, but this is one of the, you know, 
I think this could be DQ just because they're pushing Apollo. But if I had to pick a winner, I would say Big E. Scott? Uh, I have a feeling Big E loses just to set up the Mania match, which is a bummer. This should just be a match at Mania probably because they are pushing Cruz. Uh, this one confuses me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go with it. So I'm going to say Biggie loses and then he'll win it back and we're supposed to care. Robert? I think there's going to be a, a non-finish and they're going to lead to doing some kind of a ladder match at, at uh, Mania for the Intercontinental title because they have nothing for Sammy to do. They have nothing for Kevin Owens to do. They have nothing for Brian to do. They're going to throw all those guys in there with Apollo and Big E and Corbin and do a six-man ladder match. So you got to have some kind of wacky non-finish here. Zach, who do you got, Big E or Apollo? Uh, I'm with Scott, I think. I think they're going to take it off of him so that he could win at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree with you. I also don't know what you do with the Apollo character if he loses this Sunday. Nia and Shayna Baszler versus Sasha and Bianca. This is going to be Nia and Baszler. Does, does anybody else disagree with that? Nope. I disagree. I think oh. Really? You think it's going to be – do you think they're going to have the titles? Yeah, I think they're going to have the titles, and this is going to be the one thing that's uh, – Sasha Banks is like the only talent that should be on both nights of WrestleMania. Um, so sh they defend the titles the first night and lose them and then fight for the women's title the second night. Uh, you continue their feud you know, in a WrestleMania match and then have the big match uh, the second night. That's what I think they should do. I, I think the winner here is Reginald's bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. You're not below $50. Ran Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, I have Alexa Bliss for this. Does anybody have uh, Orton? I feel bad that I made a joke about this a few months ago that this is going to lead to a match with Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss, and I feel like I put it out into the universe. So I apologize to all of you for whatever this is going to be, but it's still going to be better than Braun and Shane. I will say it'll be a good pay-per-view for me because I know what they're probably going to do, which is like, you know, Alexa Bliss is going to disappear and, you know, The Fiend is going to show up and it's going to be some spooky shit. But I would I would pop so hard if they just did a straight-up squash match, Orton versus Bliss, <laughs> and Orton just beat the fuck out of her for five minutes. <laughs> And then the fiend comes in at the very end. It's not. What if happen. they? What if they finally do what Vince always wanted, uh, with Ceno Evil and Orton's like, I'm not fighting a woman, and she's like, she starts like twitching and being possessed, and then gets a massive hard on, like a not like a six foot hard on, <laughs> and then just like beats him with it like a sledgehammer. What do you guys think? I I would love if Alexa Bliss is is, is fighting Orton. And the lights go out, and it comes back, and Shaq is there. And he just <laughs> he accidentally like wound up on the wrong show. <laughs> this is where it went now. Well, the fiend returns though, right? The fiend does return here. Yeah. Yes, it ha has to. Drew do you think he's wait, wait, wait? Do you think he lost ten pounds or gained ten pounds? Let's do some bets. Uh, I'm gonna say he lost because it's mania season. I'm gonna give Bray. Okay. I'm gonna give my chunky brother some. Love. I'm gonna say Tanner. I'm gonna say Tanner, but five pounds heavier. <laughs> I I'm gonna say it's interesting that they're doing a match like this on their first Peacock show. 
they're advertising a guy versus a woman. <laughs> like it would be amazing if this just does really well. <laughs> no wrong with that. Vince would love that. Peacock needs the help. They lost what eight hundred million on this thing so far. They're hemorrhaging. <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. This is the only match I think it's a little unpredictable. I'm gonna say Sheamus just because I don't think they know whether or not Drew or Lashley is gonna go over at Mania. Um, and if you know, and they kind of need an opponent for either of those guys once that program is over. Well, what do you think, Robert? You beat Sheamus clean on Raw to Lashley. Why on earth do I care about this match? It's that's genuinely true, the dumbest that's thing. That's not what I asked, Rob. I know it's not. My point was going to be if you have Drew lose to the guy who just got beat clean on Raw, you are killing Drew worse than they have for the last few months of, of booking. This has to be Drew vanquishing Sheamus once and for all, ending this go nowhere feud so he can focus on Lashley and get left laying in the ring. It just feels like he vanquished him already. Yeah, hasn't he beaten him like twice already? Yep. And aren't they like cool with each other at this point? Doesn't yeah. it feel like that? <laughs> oh, there was that there was that one moment I watched from a couple weeks ago where they both had the, the steel steps and they ran into each other. And it reminded me of the Simpson moment when all the Simpson men are together and they both put pots on their head and go, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do. It's the stupidest thing. That's how they booked this card. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. This feels like it's going to it's gonna be Roman over Bryan Clean, right? We're not going to get this triple threat match. Yeah, right. the, the the issue is um which I didn't even think of the triple threat match. I, I would love that. Is is it gonna be edge refereeing or Jey Uso? Or is it refing or whatever they're and doing? Special, special enforcer. The special Arn Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be uh it'll be it should be Jay. It really should be Jay Uso. That's the more interesting. It, it can't then, be because Edge is fighting Jey Uso on SmackDown for the right to be that. They're not going to have Edge's first match back in a year, him losing to Jey Uso. Well, he beat Orton at Raw after Rumble. I don't think you'd hurt him if you lost him. It'd be really shocking. It would get Jey Uso's stock up before Mania, maybe turn you know him back. Well, into but something. then it's and then it's Edge making this decision to pin Brian. Who does yeah. that benefit? Yeah, that's what I, th I think. The benefit, the money is still them beating Brian to a pulp and Edge saving him. I mean, I just don't get. Yeah, I still don't understand why Edge is mad at Brian at all. It just doesn't make sense to me. But you know, then again, um, NXT has a cruiserweight championship, and their world title champion is also a cruiserweight. So what do I know? Oh, there he comes again, Mister <laughs> Seventy. <73. laughs> Your sizest me Ike me Ike's Lawrence me Ike. I don't know. That was terrible. Uh, number ten, mark out. I'm contagious. <laughs> number ten, mark mark out moment of the week. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say my mark out moment of the week uh, was uh, crazy women laughing. Whether it was Britt Baker laughing completely uh, covered in blood, wearing that crimson mask, or Scarlett Bordeaux uh, laughing right after Finn uh, knocked her out on NXT. I thought that uh, they both added a lot to the story and uh, they were both great. Robert? Uh, so I have two. One I, I mentioned on the Patreon, but it still stands. Paul Heyman on Talking Smack 
the random line where he talked about how Edge's best friend fled the company rather than having to face Roman Reigns was absolutely brilliant. Um, also, it makes Christian's promo look even worse now. It makes Christian's <laughs> promo look even worse. Like it, it, he just cut Christian's legs out from under him. I thought that was awesome. Uh, the, the my other kind of mark out moment, but just something I want to take a moment to say is because there's the Peacock thing that launched, which means the WWE Network in America is no more. Um, having been on the ground floor of building that when I was at WWE 24-7, I just want to quickly acknowledge uh, Steve Finkelstein, John Carlin, Tavis Tanney, and Liz Pena, who helped build the foundation for WWE 24-7, which transitioned into Project Evergreen, which was the code name for building the WWE Network. Uh, it was every wrestling fan's dream to have this, and we all fucking ruined it. So thank you, wrestling fans, for once again <laughs> yeah. making me ashamed to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> it really that's all is the a credit good... you'll get. Now hit the bricks. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is really a phenomenal service. It was such a great service, but at the same time, I've been paying for it so long that I know I should have been stealing these pay-per-views for like years. <laughs> and I'm like, good. Thank God I get to steal these things again. I'm not getting Peacock. It's not happening. <laughs> I, I I got to a point where I was like, maybe my money will make them feel okay not taking the Saudi money anymore. And it uh, it never did. Uh, but look, I mean, the fact that you all built it into something that they bought for a billion dollars is pretty amazing. And dare I say it was like the the first ever big streaming service that was functioning. Did I make that up? Can we just say that? Vince would say it. <laughs> so that's definitely but not they true. Netflix. They had they had Netflix, dude. Yeah, but Netflix was. I mean, weren't they mailing stuff? Yeah, Netflix. When we were doing twenty four seven, Netflix was still just a mailing, mailing service. Shit. Well, that was oh, I, thought, I didn't know twenty four seven. I thought you were talking about WWE Network. Well, the twenty four seven network is much more like HBO. No, I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about WWE Network. I think we need to. We need to. Yeah, no, network was. It was. It was the. It was the single. It was the first where you had a twenty four hour streaming channel that whole library of all these hours of stuff. Um, and, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, Vince is paying me. <laughs> uh, Mike, what was your mark at moment of the week? Um, I got to go with MJF's promo. Um, it was awesome. just, it was awesome because it was the payoff you wanted from last week. And also Penta putting on the, the little green hat was fucking great. It just made me smile. That made Robert so angry. Zach, you got one this week? A women's match on AEW. It was great. That was awesome. Scott? Yeah, absolutely. The women's match in AEW. Also, that Pinnacle promo. Uh, my God, that that was awesome. And David Finley uh, beating Jay White because I was just genuinely shocked. Would, would, would we say best MJF promo yet in the company? I think so. It's so difficult because they're all so great, but yeah, maybe. I mean, he got everybody over. You know, like, I mean, this is the first time he's really been tasked with getting like, you know, like, you know, he's working with Cody and he kind of stumbled with the Moxley program. So this kind of like him getting back to becoming a more serious character was was so great. Uh, Man, this, this, feud doing it is, this feud is going to be so good, dude. Like, oh, it's going to be so good. Dude, a beaten down Jericho, but then also inner circle people finally being able to cheer for them and them getting their revenge in moments. It's going to be so damn fun. I love I love my, my favorite part was when he was talking about how young he is and how much it angers everybody that he still has like, you know, 20 something years, years of his time. prime was fucking awesome. 
Oh, he's so good. Um, let's talk about next week. We're going to be roasting the Hardy brothers. That's a lot of stuff, man. That's TNA. That's Ring of Honor. That's WWE. That's AEW. Now we're, I'm sure DDIs, only. DWIs, DWIs, <laughs> DDTs. DDTs. I'm sure. Child support payments. People will only be pissed off uh, when we go after Matt Hardy's time in AEW. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or Dan. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy's poetry and music. <laughs> Dude, man, I mean, I was watching. I kind of wanted to do this for Show in Hell next week. We're what we're doing instead next week. We're doing um, Goldberg. I'm mean, sorry. Uh, we're doing uh, the Iron Sheik, Honky Tonk Man, and New Jack talking about the Chris Benoit murders. That's going to be our Show in Hell next week from Legends House on WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> from Haunted House on WWE Network. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be able to, you're going to be able to check that out uh, next week. But I do want to, at some point, which we're not going to do it next week. I do want to do a worst of the worst Willow versus I don't know. What's Matt's worst gimmick? All of them. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, I would, they're all I would pretty say... shit. Like he's just going through every Tiny Toons character now. <laughs> <laughs> he's Montana Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when's he going to be Plucky Duck? <laughs> I, I think that um, the the one that when he started in AEW was his worst. I know it was like kind of a broken version, but but all that shit was was pretty bad. Awoken, yeah, he's like awoken. He had to like yeah, woken, yeah. or something. Woken and what's the, the shirt? The shirt that he has now. The truth is the truth. What, what does that mean? Just there a is shirt. a great clip, dude. If you want to, if you want to see some really fun wrestle crap, and you, Mike, you're gonna love this. It's Willow calling out Willow. Jeff Hardy <laughs> calling out a fake Willow on TNA. It is crazy. Like it, it's a blast. You got to check it out. It's it's pure wrestle crap. But we're gonna roast the fuck out of him next week. Uh, we're gonna be doing Fastlane this Sunday on Patreon, and it's gonna be dropping on Monday. And uh, after Jeff Hardy, we're gonna be doing Ronda Rousey with Maddie Smith. So uh, please, uh, and thank you guys. Thank you everybody who's been leaving reviews, even the ones who keep talking about how erotic we are. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate them all. So. Thank you for uh, listening, and uh, you can check out my stuff on dancestgermain.net. I have my albums up there. I'm going to be headlining a show in Iowa at the end of May. I'll be back in New York soon doing stand-up, so I'm excited about that. Uh, Scotty, what do you got? Listen to my other podcast, Garbage Days, with Brennan Sagalo. Uh, and if you are in the city, I'm going to be at Queen's Brewery on Sunday uh, doing a show. So, yeah, come out. Mikey Lawrence. Uh, I am uh, currently Instagramming my thoughts of the Snyder Cut. Um, so yeah, slowly losing my I am, mind. I, I imagine you have like a like one of those giant like a quill pen and a huge like <laughs> yeah, mid- medieval like. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sending ravens to fly with my messages <laughs> of anger. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. Zach, wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. We'll see you guys next week. On Watch Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, oh, that's Vice. right. Confidential. Yes. Confidential. Dark, dark Side Confidential and Dark Side of the Ring. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.